Hi everyone and welcome to Sideway, the technology podcast from Edelman, London. My name is Simon Madry and uh, we're here today to talk about CAN. Now this uh, happened a little while ago but uh, we've been uh, recovering and also um, uh, coordinating a couple of schedules but I'm really excited about the um, team we have here today. It's our third episode and we just keep up in the ante and we've gone with our largest panel since. Episode three, we've got three people here today. So. Um, first off, we have Jackie Coe. She is an account director in the London brand team. And um, Jackie's going to be here to talk about um, one of the projects that she worked on, which was the Heineken Worlds Apart campaign. Now, that won uh, a few awards, and I'm going to have to get this one right. The bronze line in the brand voice and strategy storytelling category, as well as the business citizenship slash corporate responsibility category at Cannes Lion Festival of Creativity 2017. So, Jackie, thanks for being here. No worries. Thanks for having me. Um, and the other person we've got here, I'm very excited, is Michelle Hutton, the Chief Operating Officer of Edelman Europe and a 2017 Cannes Lion judge. Um, prior to this, Michelle was the Global Chair of Edelman's Consumer Practice and CEO of Edelman Australia. And why we've brought uh, Michelle here today is to talk about how the event is changing and how technology is influencing the creative process. So, welcome Michelle. Thank you for having me. And for the new perspective, I've got my colleague here, Kiati uh, Modgil, um, who is uh, a first-timer at Cannes this year, got to experience it um, in all its glory, um, and to, to share some of those um, those, those uh, learnings and lessons there. Thank you for the invite. No worries <laughs> at all. So, Michelle, Jackie, Kiati, thank you for joining Sideload. What was your impression this year? How, how, was, how was Cannes this year? Maybe Jackie. Well, actually, it was my first time as well in Cannes. Um, yeah, it was great. Um, it was really interesting to see um, um, the content that was coming out of it. Um, uh, there was some particular people that personally I'm really interested in, so Dragon Fiverr, an agency that I, I follow quite closely just because um, the work that comes out of those guys is is really, really strong storytelling. Cool agency. It is. It's great. <laughs> it's really good. Um, and it's really, it's really interesting to see, um, you know, how competitive it was actually. Um, very competitive, especially in the PR category, because um, Michelle will obviously go on to talk about this and, and knows more than me. But a lot of ad, ad agencies are kind of trying to encroach in the in the PR territory. Um, so um, I feel like we, uh, it, it's a real learning um, in terms of um, making sure that we're really owning that territory and actually looking at kind of how we can sell Edelman's creative license a bit more and work that a bit harder with clients. I think that's something that I certainly learned from that. Um, we're still quite pigeonholed into being a PR agency mm. when actually people don't know that we have such a breadth of, of experience, everything from kind of content creation to social to digital. Um, so I think um, we really need to be uh, selling our services much harder with clients and that should definitely be a responsibility for the client leads to be pushing that through a lot more. Yeah, interesting. Michelle, what's your experience this year? So I've been to um, the festival for the last um, few years. This was my first year as a judge, so I had a very different experience this time around. No doubt. Um, but it was phenomenal, and you know, it, I had pretty high expectations going into the jury room, but I have to say, it exceeded my expectations. Um, so for anybody who ever has the chance to be a judge, you've got to grab it because it's. It, it, it was a career highlight for me, for sure. 
and and we may we may touch on this a little bit later on, but while you're speaking about it, how how does one go about being invited to become a judge? Ah, very good question. Uh, one gets nominated to be oh, a judge. Right on, right on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's. Um, uh, yeah, you know the, the the organizers reach out to various people in the industry and ask for recommendations across all of the different panels that they have. So, um, yes, I don't know really the secret answer <laughs> to that apart from the fact that I do know that people are uh, are nominated. Perfect, perfect. Kiara, your first year, how was how was Can? It was incredible. I mean, I think I'm going to echo a little bit of what Jackie's already said, but I think just before we even get to the content, I think the atmosphere is amazing. Um, everybody's there to see all these creative ventures um, and campaigns from the past year. Everybody usually that you encounter is at the top of their game. So I felt very lucky to be there um, and just to be around those people. Um, and there's just so much going on from literally 7 a.m. in the morning till I think it's fair to say like 4 a.m. <laughs> the next day um, so there's a lot to do lots to see um, and with your past you really have access to everything so it's, it's, a, it's an incredible opportunity and it's always very interesting to see kind of the different vertical guests that we, we invite as well you know how does Mario Testino um, kind of like talk you know talk about brands I mean obviously naturally you know being a, you know the world's probably one of the world's most famous photographers um, but actually he's now starting his own kind of business and, and it's really interesting to see how he's kind of um, thinking commercially about um, himself as a, as a brand and working with brands and obviously that's testament to the success that the Dove team had with him um, earlier this year as well. So um, a few minutes in we've already deviated from the script and that's I think because it, it's a testament to how much was actually going on there but I'd like to go back to um, the ideas and Michelle this is for you um, after uh, being a close watcher of Cam probably over a number of years and this year being a judge how were this year's ideas uh, you know different to you you know what was different about 2017 i think there were definitely some themes that came through in in the work you know one of the really interesting themes for me is that in this technology driven world that we live in actually for the pr category it was the beautiful simple ideas that we all gravitated towards as a jury and I'm not sure exactly why but my assumption is that the world is getting more complex we just loved those incredibly beautiful ideas that were executed well and for many of us in the room it was sort of back to the future you know here we were celebrating and awarding work that some might argue perhaps wasn't that cut through and breakthrough of an idea but it was just done so well there was a clear insight that led to a beautiful idea that was executed magnificently and the business impact was there so for me that was a real tension point because equally there were some incredible uh, entries that did have technology at the heart of it so there was this real tension point in the jury at one point around what are we there to award and celebrate and I also think it's interesting that you know despite the sort of analog ideas doing so well in the PR category and across the board the technology brands and the media platforms again were there in force and 
a lot of people have commented that actually some of the great programming was outside of the Palais and was actually put on by a lot of these major technology companies and brands along the beachfront. You know, that, that's where a lot of people gravitated towards to see great content. So I don't think that, you know, despite my comments about the beautiful analog ideas, the tech, the tech players are there at Cannes disrupting the creative celebration. That's for sure. Yeah, perfect. And I guess from the other side, you've got brands, um, I don't want to say exploiting, but making full use of, of technology. And one of the famous examples this year was the, um, uh, the Burger King Connected Whopper, which then got some, um, shall we say, um, flack for the way it may have exploited the technology and so on and so forth. Seeing brands do that kind of innovative work, does that excite you moving forward? Um, and again, considering your comments earlier about beautiful, simple work, should brands be investing in um, in that kind of thing? I guess what I'm saying is, one side you've got connected Whopper, other side you've got beautiful, simple work. Where should brands be, be focusing, do you think? So I, I think that the exciting thing for marketers and for everybody in our industry is that technology solutions are now helping to shape those beautiful simple ideas and you know another really interesting observation for me was that I, I remember thinking partway through the jury process that actually we could have had a separate category just for IBM Watson there was so many campaigns that were entered that said up front, this particular idea was shaped with data and analytics that we received from working with IBM Watson to help shape our thinking. So I think what's happening is technology is enabling us to broaden our thinking when it comes to what that insight is. So I think that's one part of it. The other side to it is that you know we, we did see some beautiful campaigns, one being uh, the Whopper one that you referenced, but you know, Meet Graham, which was such a successful campaign at Cannes this year from Down Under. Yep. Um, it, you know, and, and, and that I think is again a great example of when creative minds use technology at its greatest, you know. That type of work, I think, is incredibly cutthroat, and we will see more and more of that, I'm sure, over years to come. Perfect. Um, I'd like to now speak with, um, or turn to Jackie, I should say, we'll speak with everyone, but um, <laughs> to talk about the Worlds Apart campaign for mm. Heineken. Now, um, Michelle touched on some great points around insights, inspiring a great idea, which, of which this was one. For those that aren't aware of it, can you just give a brief overview of what the campaign was about what you guys did um, to win all the awards? Mm. Um, well, I think uh, the, the the first place to start is that this was um, a very bold and brave move by Heineken. Um, historically, um, Heineken is very much branded has branded itself and embedded itself in the DNA of I'm a man of the world. So they're all about exploring their cities and nightlife, and they're very cool. Um, 
but um, they're also very aware of the corporate responsibility that they have as well. And I think this was the first campaign that um, they were embarking on within the kind of the purpose territory. Um, and um, they were, you know, they were very nervous naturally around it. Um, and we were very much um, there from the ideation stage. So um, working alongside publicists, um, and actually, um, we managed to reshape the um, the kind of the form of of the video or the above the line um, because they wanted to use actors in the video, and we said absolutely not. If you're embarking on purpose, it has to be true, and we have to be transparent. So, um, essentially, what the uh, the video is, it's about kind of um, strangers um, with opposing views um, and sort of. Uh, meeting um, and not knowing they're gonna they're going to meet because their worlds you know and, and, and basically it's it's debunking the myths of stereotypes um, so you have for example um, uh, somebody who believes in Greenpeace and someone that doesn't you've got a feminist and an anti-feminist and then they're brought together um, and it shows um, that actually you know you can find common ground with somebody um, and it's all about taking time out to actually share those moments um, and, and spend time together and, and, and connect and talk because, you know, culturally we live in these echo chambers at the moment um, and, um, and everything is, you know, there's such negative press and actually um, the campaign is all about, um, you know, um, finding truth and, and, and common ground with people um, with opposing views. Um, and. Um, we were fortunate enough to um, have, you know, a very strong above the line campaign. But what we wanted to do was kind of really bring it to life, and not just kind of PR an ad, which is often sometimes and historically what we used to get with Heineken. Um, so we um, created um, a campaign around um, around the Worlds Apart film um, by partnering with the Human Library, and they are a non-profit organisation, um, and they. Um, have books and those books are actually um, real people so you um, loan out a book and it might be something like um, a transgender for example so the books are obviously in mint condition and they must be returned in mint, mint <laughs> condition um, and um, you, you, you literally have a dialogue with that person you have a conversation with that person and, and it really does open your world um, and I think one of the things that I feel most proud about um, was the fact that the the campaign um, generated 15 million um, organic views, um, which obviously, and that was before any paid kicked in. So um, that's something that, you know, obviously as um, a media hound, mm. I love. Great result. Yeah. yeah awesome. um, and um, the team were fantastic. Um, so, um, and off the back of that, the client it also, from a, a business perspective, um, it's kind of um, now uh, led to incremental growth. Um, so we now are doing kind of uh, phase 1b and we're f planning for phase 2 um, so um, it's been a really successful um, campaign um, that's kind of rooted in kind of cultural truths um, and um, and kind of talkability and I think that's the, the strength of it you know people still talk about it now um, and Heineken are very much behind it from a business perspective um, only um, last night did we 
host um, a corporate event where um, internally we brought the human library founder in 10 books um, to do a mix up session with employees oh. in Heineken um, and right. the feedback ha has been amazing so they're very committed to the campaign it is something that, that they are totally committed to um, and we're going to be rolling out some consumer events soon as well. And I guess it shows how if you have a great central idea founded in insight you can actually yeah. do a lot with it rather than just a really nice idea which is just an ad which really can't go beyond that execution itself. Absolutely. That campaign is like sometimes you're talking about echo chambers. I'm talking about a different campaign or something with friends and they're like, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. That campaign, everybody knows what I'm talking about. It was just huge. It was huge. And you know when you go on I remember going on the face I remember going on my Facebook feed and genuinely the video was everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like people, like friends, like ex-colleagues, yeah. media Amazing. friends were yeah. just my Facebook feed was full of this video. Yeah, exactly. And and because it's culturally relevant, because you're talking yes. about a social conversation, yes. um, and, and and it wasn't worthy. We didn't do it by creating actors, or it was very, yeah. it was a very, you know, very Authentic. honest. Exact mm. was exactly. So we're just going to pause right there and just take a listen back to what happened on the previous episode of Sideload. I, I think you know there is some data that suggests that if you access your news through social media you're not always aware of what brand you're reading um, but at the same time if you think about aggregators they're largely personalized so actually it's about people I think more than anything it's about trying to avoid this avalanche of content you know you want to maybe make your trusted brand selection uh, and have it served up to you in, in the way that you like. And you said Apple News. I mean, certainly in the UK, it's now used by 18% of iPhone users, 25% in the US, and it's sort of been a, a big growth. And, you know, plenty of others like uh, Flipboard and things really seeing a big, a big push as well. Hi, and welcome back to this episode of Sideload. What you've just heard was um, the last one, which was uh, Jermaine Dallas, Joe Sheldon and James Mossman talking about the Reuters Institute Digital News Report and that's uh, in our feed if you'd like to listen to that. But right now we're talking Can with Michelle Hutton, Jackie Coe and Kiati Modgill. Um, Jackie, before the break we were talking about the Heineken Worlds Apart campaign um, and what a success that was. Can you talk me through just some of the iterations of the idea because at one stage you mentioned that you were you guys were considering a, a chatbot and maybe using that as, a, mm. as one of the execution ideas mm. but uh, in the end, decided not to go with it. Mm. Why? Because a lot of other things I've read are saying, you know, chatbots were all around Cannes. So, you know, why did you go, decide to, you know, be different? So, I think um, the the chatbot element. Um, we felt that the campaign had had done so well; it, it kind of exceeded our expectations, um, and we didn't actually feel it wasn't so much the chatbot um, we didn't want to to do. It was more; it wasn't the right time to do it. Um, the campaign um, was was really taking off and we felt that actually to add a chatbot bot in at that stage um, just wasn't the right time for, for, for the campaign. Um, also the campaign was about connecting real people face to face and having a conversation face to face and we felt that actually if we then started digitalizing it it was 
um, it was it was just a bit too far advanced for, for where we were. People had really got the message. You know, we were the good cop, Pepsi were the bad cop. So we, we kind of really needed to kind of really capitalise on that. Um, and um, we, we haven't ruled it out. We're still, at, it's absolutely still an option for us as part of phase two. Um, but it, it would have done um, an injustice to the campaign about connecting people face to face to then digi- to then digitalize it. Um, so that's that's really the reason why we, we didn't go ahead with it. So it's a perfect example of um, looking at what's available but deciding even though that might be the hot tech right now, it's not necessarily right. So let's put it to the side for the moment and go with what we know. Exactly. Works, which, which was a, a beautifully filmed video and yeah. talking about all the, all the success that it had. Mm-hmm. Amazing, amazing. Kiati, this was your first can, mm-hmm. um, and I know you loved it. You've shared lots of great um, excitement with the team. What uh, what did you take away from it, and what were some of the more kind of inspirational moments for you? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you can talk about a can without referencing a couple of the talks that you've seen. So I think for me, um, there were two. The first I will mention was the L'Oreal talk um, with Helen Mirren. Um, so they were actually been working on a campaign based around self-worth um, and they've been looking at a specific age group, um, generally 18 to 25 or 26, um, but, but throughout you know, all genders, all backgrounds, all races, um, they're taking it all on board um, and, and all ages, but I think for this one they were specifically looking at that in detail. But they've sort of taken their infamous tagline and turned it on its head a little bit. Um, so it's, the idea is that we're all worth it. That's what they're going for. So they've, they've chosen a lot of different influencers to work with them on this. Um, lots of popular YouTubers, um, uh, makeup artists, um, all sorts of lifestyle bloggers. Um, and then they've cherry-picked a few people, such as Helen Mirren, to front the campaign. Um, and I think there were a couple of things that just sort of blew me away first was from a business perspective using the Prince's Trust really added some legitimacy to the whole campaign it was a really smart move Um, I think it rooted it with a little bit more integrity and gave it the authenticity that everybody I mean we touched upon it earlier everybody needs to succeed at Cannes but the talk itself just felt a little bit more real Helen Mirren actually discussed a few of her own battles personal battles um, and she also talked about you know, some of the things that I know that we just wouldn't get out of a traditional Helen Mirren kind of interview. So L'Oreal positioned themselves very successfully um, as you know, a huge brand, huge scope, um, but tackling an issue um, that really is at the heart of, of a lot of their products. You know, why, you know, why do women wear makeup and, or men? Or why, why are we so uh, looks obsessed as a society? And you know how does that link to our self worth, and not just at a surface level? So they tackled it head on, and they did it tremendously well. So that was a really good talk to be in. But also, I mean, we can't talk about can and not mention Marius Asuna and Jackie Cooper, the wonderful Jackie Cooper who introduced him on stage. Um, and for those that don't know, Jackie Cooper is she's our global yes. um, creative chair. Yes, correct. Um, so Jackie did the introduction, we had the editor of Teen Vogue on stage with Mario and again he touched upon um, authenticity and an interesting insight for me that I wasn't so aware of, I'm sure some of our listeners will be, is the fact that for, for years he said 
he'd been trying to photograph like a French photographer or a European photographer and there was obviously a very clear style um, as to how that should be um, he's Peruvian and he likes flesh and skin and you know sexy shots and he finally let go and actually went with that and that's when he got the best work and it kept on hitting home the authenticity line which I'm I'm, you know, I never want to say as a line, but it, but it's a really important one to to drive home. So for me, that was another big one. But I think even from touching upon again the atmosphere that I discussed, from the poster competition at the Palais, you know, there's really little like small nuances that only if you've been you'll you'll appreciate. Just getting some wall space for your talk is a huge deal in Cannes. Um, to the content houses that um, Michelle actually discussed. So. On the beachfront, you'll have uh, Facebook, Pinterest, YouTube. Um, you'll have some real big players, and they're putting on so much themselves. So many workshops, so many talks. Facebook even had wine tastings. I mean, um, there, there was so much going on, and it was really exciting. Do you think? I've, I always think it can. I always say to people, actually, you wake up every morning and decide what you're not going to see. Yeah. As opposed much. to, yeah. oh, this is what I want to see. Like, it's it's actually, I, I just need to forget. 100%. I can't see that. Yeah, it's really, it's, it's tough. Luckily, there's an app that you can download to help with this. And I think this helps in twofold. A, to find the right things for you that day. Um, be it yoga on the lawn outside, which I, I did see a few times. Didn't really? join. Didn't, personally, didn't participate. Didn't quite have the time for that. But yeah, anybody can go to you know the talks that you wanted to see but also from a networking perspective um, this year they had something that looked a little bit like a Fitbit and you could connect to an app um, and in it you just you know obviously upload your personal details which company you're from etc and then when you came across anybody with it you could literally just bump your Fitbit against that Fitbit-esque um, product against theirs and you'd connect and you'd take their details your app would have that they'd have yours um, so just different ways of getting to know people and so that's obviously really helpful from, from an external perspective but even within Edelman I got to meet so many people I just did not know before from all over the world to you know heading so many different accounts um, shout out to Maggie yes shout out to Maggie who's mm. heading social um, she's incredible she's incredible she is incredible um, and that was I mean as an account executive it was a ridiculous experience um, you don't really have access to that kind of thing every day so I felt very very privileged that was a huge takeaway for me just to, to speak to the wider network internally uh, let alone externally um, and see see what they're up to and so yeah I mean it, it was an amazing experience that I think anyone would have I'd loved to have gone um, myself included maybe 2018 just putting it out there <laughs> um, but what have you now brought back to conversations with colleagues clients from can that you might necessarily not have thought about or um, considered um, prior yeah so I think talking about authenticity um, it, it can be a little bit more straightforward from a b2c perspective if you're working on tech clients and you're doing b2b work which is a lot of what I do on a daily basis it's just as applicable but in a completely different frame um, so getting your clients to really talk about what they know best in simple, less jargon, you know, jargon-free terms, straightforward way that really hits home. There's nothing worse than trying to pitch a journalist with a bunch of concepts that I don't even know if the client fully has grasped yet, but they think they should be in that space. They think they should be using those buzzwords. 
they think that's what's next on the tech curve um, and just trying to, to keep them focused on what they need to be saying in their sphere um, if networks what you do do them really well um, so that's that's a key takeaway but I think also diversity was a huge one there were a few campaigns I was lucky enough to go to one of the awards shows um, and there were a few campaigns that really touched upon that repeatedly there was even there was even a dance at the beginning of, of one of the awards shows uh, by a bunch of dancers from India who'd flown over for the event that was linked to a campaign as well um, on transgenders in India um, and that community and how obviously they're trying to, to, to move forward it's very difficult being Indian myself I can attest that that's no easy feat um, but that kind of thing was, was huge for me um, it's something that I love to work on here within the company in London I try and get my hands dirty with as much diversity talk as possible um, but we also met with um, Jonathan Mildenhall who's the CMO of Airbnb um, and he was discussing his experiences in in this environment so to you know from his background um, in an ad agency environment but also in comms and marketing in general and how you know we're really working forward in that area and it does you know facilitate the best work when your when your team is more diverse when you've got different approaches and um, so that was a big one but the third and this is I think this just goes unsaid but I'm going to use um, you know, an example here but flexibility things go wrong I think we could see it can things go wrong sometimes sometimes your lifts stop working at Edelman HQ sometimes you know and I have to do a massive shout out to the marketing team now and I'm sure Jackie you, you'd agree things don't always go to plan but you still make it work and you hustle really hard and you manage to have a panel discussion outside in a grass area instead of upstairs in HQ and it still works it still goes to plan so I think just allowing for that sort of room for error and also just getting on with it it's not the end of the world um, and just cracking on I think sometimes it's really easy to to lose your head and we all we can all do it because we are in an echo chamber so shout out to the marketing girls they did an incredible job I think for me coming away from Cannes this year there was such a great conversation on a broad range of social issues and we've touched on some you know already in this conversation but I think it was really pleasing to see that there are some very brave companies and brands willing to take on these somewhat complicated issues, particularly in today's world. And I also think that anyone who went to Cannes did come away with a sense of responsibility that, you know, people in our industry can make a difference. You know, we can help make the world a better place. And by partnering with these brave companies and brands and helping companies and brands be braver, I do think that there's some fabulous work to come, but work that will make a real difference in the world. And I think personally, that's super gratifying and super exciting. I would agree with Michelle on that. And I think, I think sentiment is also a really big um, part of a campaign. I think for me um, now, when I'm kind of planning um, for, for kind of uh, you know new campaigns, um, there are kind of sort of three main things that I always think of, um, and that's kind of you know you don't necessarily need the product at the heart of the story if the story is right. Um, I think that you need to be balanced um, around some of the kind of contentious and cultural issues, 
um, and I think it's about being simple um, and kind of solving fractures, you know, to help solve kind of the fractures in, in society because um, that buys the sentiment um, and, and the authenticity and I think that um, another learning from Can for me is actually how we can um, make um, our, for clients that are out there I think we should be using our network harder so I think we should be making sure that we you know our clients also buy into us because we're a strong network so we, we should be actually pulling together you know itineraries for clients we should be saying look you know what we know that this is you know th you know this is on your kind of peripheral you know you corporate responsibility or purpose or whatever that may be there's this talk or actually I can connect you to so and so and actually you know what if you want to go to a good party here's how we get you into a good party because actually that's what clients want they what they're also buying us as an agency to for to connect to people and to be the go-to on that so I think next year for me it's about how we can work harder as a business to provide kind of this all-encompassing experience for clients on the ground as well that would be one thing for me perfect um, lots of things to um, reflect on, but also consider as we think about 2018. Are we, are we thinking about can next year? Just yet? Are we going to take a couple of couple of weeks off to, to no? Bring bring it on. <laughs> bring it on. <laughs> Jackie's looking was like I need a break. <laughs> but um, look, uh, Jackie, Michelle, Kiati, thank you so much for joining um, Sideload for this episode. I hope everyone enjoyed having a listen, and um, that you can tune in for future episodes. So. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you.